Well, if you've been around Living Hope Church very long, uh, it's almost a certainty that you know Robin Wood. How many of you know Robin Wood? Almost all of you. Almost all of you. Robin and his wife, Linda, uh, have been part of our church for a few years now, which probably means it's been a decade, because when I feel like people have been around a few years, it's usually like they've been here a really long time. Uh, but they've been here uh, a few years, several years. And you likely know Robin for a variety of reasons. Number one, he's very outgoing. And he, he really tries to make a point of meeting people. And there's another reason that you likely know Robin, and that's because he is involved in a lot of areas of service, including children's ministry, where he is serving at this very moment. And so we're very thankful for Robin. And if you know Robin, it's very likely that at some point you have heard Robin say, I just feel like something good is about to happen. How many of you have heard Robin say that? Quite a few of you. I just feel like something good is about to happen. Robin says this frequently because Robin believes it. He lives with an expectation that something good is just around the corner. That God is just about to do something big, that something good is about to happen. Many of you are probably familiar that uh, this is a line from a song by the same name that was written by Bill Gaither. And here are a few of the lines from that song. I will read them, uh, not sing them. You're welcome. <laughs> I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on its way. God has promised that he'd open all of heaven. And brother, it could happen any day. When God's people humble themselves and call on Jesus. And they look to heaven expecting as they pray. I just feel like something good is about to happen. And brother, this could be that very day. That song was a staple of my childhood experience in the churches that I grew up in. And I know that Robin loves that song. He loves the message of that song, and he's adopted it as somewhat of a motto for his life. And I want you to know that every time that Robin says, I just feel like something good is about to happen. He is serving as an example of what the Bible calls hope. Hope. You know, in the common usage of the word hope, it's often used as a bit of a synonym for the word wish. And so if we say that we hope something is going to happen in the future, it often doesn't mean much more than that we are wishing for something to happen in the future. And while you can find that kind of hope referenced in the Bible, true biblical hope is something very different than that. Biblical hope isn't a wish. 
Biblical hope, according to John Piper and anyone who understands biblical hope, is this, confident expectation and desire for something good in the future. It's just it's not just a desire for something good. It is a confident expectation for something good in the future. I recently came across a similar but slightly uh, worded differently a definition of biblical hope from the author John Eldridge, who I really enjoy his writing. And here's the way he has defined biblical hope. He says, biblical hope is the confident anticipation that goodness is coming. The confident anticipation that goodness is coming. And for the kind of people who possess the kind of hope that the Bible tells us about, will be people who believe that something good is about to happen. Will be people who believe that something good is coming, that goodness is on the way, goodness is coming. Today I'm beginning a five, maybe six week series that we're simply calling Something Good Is Coming. It's a series on hope. And it seems to me that hope is in short supply in the day and time that we're living. I'm going to talk more about that throughout the series, but I think most of us recognize that there is a critical lack of hope in the times that we live in. The world that is apart from Jesus Christ is lacking hope. But here's a sad reality. I believe it's reality. I think a lot of Christians are also struggling in the area of hope. The believers are lacking hope, even though it's available to us. And so we're going to spend five or six weeks looking at what the Bible has to say about hope. And I'm believing that during this series, people who are currently lacking hope are going to find hope. Maybe for the first time. Or maybe hope will be renewed in you. You see, God wants us to be hope-filled people. And so I believe that during this series, he is going to impart or restore hope to those of us who need it if we will let him. If we'll let him. Here's what Psalm 42.5 says. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. In this single verse, we find an indispensable truth regarding hope. We have to put our hope in God. The world lacks true hope because they've placed their hope in things other than God. And many Christians lack hope because while we nod approval of passages like Psalm 42.5, the reality is that often Christian people are also putting our hope in things 
other than God. The psalmist here acknowledges that his soul is downcast. He acknowledges that his soul is disturbed. But then he quickly encourages himself with the answer for a downcast and disturbed soul. He says to himself, put your hope in God. Robert Critchley wrote a beautiful song that includes these words about biblical hope. Some of you will be familiar with this song as well. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Friends, if we are lacking hope, there's no clearer answer than that we are standing on the wrong foundation. We're standing on sinking sand. We're hoping in the wrong things. Hope is not just the confident anticipation that good is coming in some abstract sense. Here's what it really is. It's the confident expectation, could maybe say the, the, the knowledge, that God is good and that good things are coming to us from God. It's all about God. We have to put our hope in God. We have to stand on Christ, the solid rock. Christ is the foundation upon which hope is built. Christ is the foundation upon which hope is built. William Carey has defined biblical hope as expecting great things from God. And so here's the key to hope. Here's the key to biblical hope. The key to our confident expectation that goodness is coming, rest on, is based on our confidence in God himself. So if we're lacking hope today, if our souls are downcast today, if your soul is disturbed today, here's the answer that the Bible gives. Put your hope in God. Now, the Bible says a lot about hope, and we're going to talk about some of those things in this series. But this is the fundamental thing. This is the key truth that we need to know when hope eludes us. We must put our hope in God himself. During this series, we're going to cover a good bit of ground about hope. So today I'm emphasizing that we need to put our hope in God, and I'm going to emphasize a specific aspect of putting our hope in God, putting our hope in God in the here and now. We want to talk about the ways that uh, God has woven reasons and opportunities for hope into the fabric of life. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to see the importance of the Bible in cultivating hope in our lives. 
The fact that we have to put our hope in God is going to show up over and over again in the series. We're also going to consider that while God provides hope for the here and now, we will all eventually get to the place where there is no more hope for the here and now. And so, our confidence that goodness is coming has to extend beyond the here and now and has to extend to the age to come when God makes all things new. And that's part of what we're going to talk about in this series. And then I'm going to challenge us to be people who commit our lives to helping others find hope in God. I'm going to encourage us to become hope dealers hope dealers. For today, I want us to consider how God has woven reasons and opportunities for hope into the fabric of life for the here and the now. There are many ways that goodness comes to us from the hand of God in this life so that we are right to have confident anticipation that goodness will come to us in our lives here and now. And I don't think there's any more obvious example of how God has woven opportunities for hope into the fabric of life than the fact that every 24 hours, a new day dawns. A new day begins. However the previous day went, a new day dawns, and with it, the possibility for good things coming. Let me give you a few personal examples. After 11 years of being unable to conceive a child, there came a new day when Michelle and I received the news that we were expecting a child. And on November 16th, I'm sorry, September, sorry Aaron, September 16th, 1999, Aaron was born. Then after nearly four and a half years and three miscarriages, four years and three miscarriages, there came a, another new day when we received news that we were expecting our second child. And then on February 18th, 2004, Austin was born. Now I have to be honest with you that after 11 years and then after four years and multiple miscarriages, our hope at that point was, to be honest, more of the wishing variety than the confident expectation, the confident anticipation variety. But the simple point here is that each new day brings new opportunities for goodness coming to us, reasons for hope. Any of the married couples here today, there was a day when what you had hoped for, finding a spouse, finally became a reality. The hope materialized into reality and he asked you to marry him or she said yes to your marriage request, your marriage proposal. You entered the day with hope for something good coming to you. And something good came to you that day. With each new day, the start of each new week, each new month, each new year, new beginnings, 
with new opportunities are woven into the fabric of life. Think of all of the goodness that we can experience in life here and now. Falling in love, getting married, having children, our first job, then what we sometimes refer to as our first real job, buying our first home, making new friends, having special moments spent with family and other loved ones, taking a long planned for and hoped for vacation. All of these things and more are reasons and opportunities for hope that are woven into the fabric of life. We, we believe that good things, goodness is going to come to us. A verse that I believe shows how graciously God has woven hope into the fabric of life is the 30th Psalm, verse 5, which includes this encouragement. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. Even when life is really tough, even when things happen that bring us sadness, grief, pain, weeping, even then, each new day is an opportunity for goodness coming and the weeping giving way to rejoicing. And we see this throughout life. On the last day of December 2003, the Bird family experienced great sadness as my beloved grandfather Dale passed from this life. And our family grieved greatly. Less than two months later, Austin was born. And our family rejoiced greatly. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And there will be an ultimate reality to that, that, that final night of weeping that gives way to eternal joy. But we see this in the here and now. One day's heartache passes, and something that brings goodness and joy to our lives arrives. Even when life is tough, each new day provides hope that goodness is coming. God has woven reasons and opportunities for hope into the fabric of life. We see reasons for hope even in the midst of life's difficulties. Now let's consider some very specific ways that God has woven reasons for hope into the fabric of life. Consider Lamentations 3, 21 and 24. Here is what those verses say. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And here it is. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. There's a reason for hope for the here and now. The mercies of God are new every 
single morning. Amen. Whatever you did yesterday that caused you to be disappointed in yourself, whatever you did yesterday that was displeasing to God, God has new mercies for you today. Whatever you did yesterday, call this truth to mind and have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Your failures are not final. Your failures are not fatal. God does not run out of mercy for you. This is a reason for hope. Yesterday I may have failed, but God still loves me. And today is a new day with new mercy. Today is not defined by yesterday because God has new mercy for me today. This is a reason for hope. Let's look at Isaiah 40, 28 and 31. Excuse me while I cough. Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint." There's a reason for hope. God never grows tired or weary. We all do, but God does not. And so when we become tired, God gives us strength. And when we're weak, God gives us power. You might be here today feeling like your batteries are running low, like your strength is almost gone, but if you will hope in the Lord... The scripture tells us that he will renew your strength. New strength and new power are available in the Lord. Hope in him. Hope in him. Here's a great reason for hope that we have in this life. Fourth on your outline. We do not have to stay like we are. We do not have to stay who we are. We can be made new through Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. If you're here today and you recognize that your life is broken, you're really alert to all the wrong that you've done. You know that you have not lived life the way that it was meant to be lived. Maybe the brokenness in your life has done such damage to your self-esteem that you might have even come to the place that you do not like yourself. You don't like who you've become. If that's you, you need to know today that you don't have to stay the person that you are. 
In Christ, you can be made new. In fact, that recognition that you're broken is one of the biggest steps a person has to make to be made new, to become a new person. That recognition that we're not who we were meant to be, that we haven't lived life the way we were meant to live it, that recognition is meant to bring us to the realization that we haven't lived in the way that God created us to live. That we're broken because we're not how God intended us to be. And the Bible lets us know that when we come to that realization, the answer to our problem is Jesus. You see, that brokenness is because of sin. And when we realize that sin has broken us, it is meant to lead us on a search for the answer to our problem. And if we embark on that search with an open mind and an honest heart, we're going to be led to the discovery that the answer to our sin and brokenness problem is Jesus Christ. Our sin and brokenness problem can be fixed when we come to see Jesus as the answer. When we come to see Him as the Savior that we need and we turn to Him in faith, we ask Him to become our Savior and our Lord. The Bible calls this being born again. And it's what 2 Corinthians 5.17 assures us happens to us when we turn to Christ in faith. We become a new creation. The old passes away and we become a new person in Christ. This is something that happens in the here and now. This is a reason and an opportunity for hope that God has provided for us in the here and now. We don't have to stay broken. We can be made new. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior and Lord, you can do that today. And Jesus himself told us that God loved the world so much that he sent Jesus to die for us so that if we would believe in him, we wouldn't have to perish, but we could have eternal life. When you believe in Jesus, when you genuinely come to see him as the answer to your brokenness, that's when you'll be born again. That's when you'll be made new. And I hope that someone will do that today. Let's consider one more reason, an opportunity for hope that we have right now. The sad reality is that even those of us who have been made new in Christ, it's going to shock you, we don't always live like it. And sometimes believers walk away from God's will so often that we end up bound, imprisoned by bad habits, sinful habits. Here's a reason for hope in the here and now. We do not have to stay bound and imprisoned by sinful habits. We can change. We can be 
set free. We can. God has goodness for us here and now. We do not have to stay prisoners to sin our entire earthly lives. We can be set free. I didn't say we're going to be perfect. I didn't say that. That that doesn't come until Jesus returns. But we do not have to live as prisoners to habitual sins. We can be set free. Romans 6, 17 and 18 says this. Thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. These verses tell us about people who used to be slaves to sin, used to be imprisoned by sin, bound by sin, but they are not anymore. Even though they used to be slaves to sin, they have come to obey from the heart. They've been set free. Christian here today who is constantly struggling with guilt because you're not walking in the freedom that is available in Christ, I want to encourage you today, it does not have to stay that way. You do not have to stay in that condition. You can come to obey God from the heart. You can be set free. Put your hope in the Lord. Freedom. Freedom is a goodness that God wants for you. Freedom is a goodness that God wants for you. What I've shared here today are only a few examples of the reasons and opportunities for hope that God has woven into the fabric of life. We could talk about a whole lot of things. But what I really want to impress upon us is that God means for us to experience goodness in the here and now. There is reason for hope in the here and now. Again, each new day is a new beginning with new opportunities for goodness. Even on the toughest days, we know that weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. God's mercies are new every morning. God renews strength for the weary, provides power for the weak. We don't have to stay who we are. We can be made new. We don't have to be bound by sinful habits. We can change. These are just a few examples of the goodness that God has for us. And these examples should be enough to remind us that when we put our hope in God, we can have confident anticipation that goodness is coming. We should expect great things from our great and good God. And so it is my hope today, my prayer today, is how I should say that, that hope would increase in every single one of us. That those of us who have received Christ as Savior and Lord would recover hope if we've lost it. If you're here today and you've never had it, that you'd receive it for the first time. We would have our hope increased. We need to be people who live with confident anticipation that goodness is coming. 
believers here today, we must be people of hope. We must be people who have placed our hope in God and trust that He has good things for us in the here and now, that goodness is coming to us. We need to be people of hope for our own sakes. But we also need to be people of hope for the sake of the world that is so lacking in hope. In this world that just doesn't have hope, we need to help people put their hope in God so that they can come to the place where they live life with confident anticipation that goodness is coming. We need to help other people find hope in Christ. I know it's kind of cutesy, but I'm going to say it several times in this series. We really do need to be people who are hope dealers. I saw this t-shirt at Kings Island this summer, and I loved it. The lady was walking around with a t-shirt on that said, Hope Dealer. I just thought it was the most awesome thing I'd ever seen. Actually, Gina Blythe and Tanya Moore made me a t-shirt that says, Hope Dealer. I'm just a little large for the shirt at the present moment, so, so I can't, can't, can't wear it. But, but maybe they'll make some more of them. We need to help others find hope in Christ. In fact, it's a large part of the mission that Jesus has given us, right? Amen. Let's stand.